Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happened to Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. Look, let me take this time right now to thank everybody who reached out in the last week to send me a note or, or a text or a note or a text. Sometimes people sent a note, sometimes people sent a text, sometimes, sometimes people actually sent a note, other times people went ahead and sent a t- text. I'm uh, what if I did this? The entire goddamn time. You'd probably be like, well, at least it's a fucking show. And I say to you, sir, step up to me and say those things and catch these goddamn ham hocks. Uh, hold on. Some. All right. Now, here's a weird. Thing. I'm going to tell you this. It is uh, it's three thirty in the morning as I record this uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. And uh, it's going to be an odd show. I won't lie, because I'm getting on a plane uh, in exactly three and a half hours. So we're going to do what we can to bust out as much show as we can. And now I'm packed. My suitcase is packed. I made sure all of my stuff was done before I did this, except for uh, shaving and showering. I still haven't shaved and I haven't showered. Can you hear me? Do I sound scruffy? I hope I sound scruffy. I'm very scruffy right now, uh, but I just received a haircut. So that's all trimmed and looking good. Uh, but I got to get into the old shower and I got to trim the beard and then I got to shave. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, why, why are you getting all gussied up, friend? Uh, well, because I'm going out of town, as I've mentioned. And if you go to other towns now, uh, in addition to wanting to see the booster, they want to make sure that you're presentable. Uh, I got to wear a tie. I rented a tux. I rented a tux for this goddamn trip. I'm going to show up like a fucking penguin. It's going to be ridiculous. Everybody's going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? Who's this Mater D trying to get over state lines? And I say, it's me. God damn it. It's me. And if you don't like it, step up and catch these ham hocks. Uh, that's my new thing. I think I just invented it. It's not like a new thing. Well, it's super new because it just happened, but I don't want to pretend like it's a new thing that I've been waiting to spring on you. What if it was, what if for two years I've been going, I need a catchphrase. God damn it. What could I possibly think of? Hmm. What could I say to everybody? Uh, I need something that's going to, people are going to repeat something that goes on shirts. Ah, remember shirts. Remember when I used to do merch? And, uh, and important things like that. And I had things available for you to purchase and buy like a calendar and a, uh, and a, a moth thing. Well, that was the calendar, right? I'm changing the game moth and we had coffee mugs and, oh my God, I was a cottage industry for a while there. And then my wife left and took my pride and left me with a ton of debt. And I had to deliver pork to people. And then I got in a relationship that knocked me down like a wrecking ball. It was fun. 
Uh, and I, but I loved a lot of it and then I hated a lot of it. And then I, I swam out of it, swam out to sea is what I did. And I've been clinging to a buoy ever since. 3.30 in the morning, as I've mentioned, and uh, and I, I just started the show and I heard uh, I've heard stirring. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I, it's not it's not to the uh, it's not uh, Lou, the racist bartender, but it is. Uh, I told you I have a new neighbor and they have a baby and they're awesome and I love them. They're super cool. And I have to I constantly you know what? I, and to the point where I got to say this, man, uh, I kowtow to these people and I shouldn't. I shouldn't be that guy, but I do because I want to be friendly and I want to be you know what it is. I think uh, I think it's time to be a good neighbor. I think it's time for me to state farm the fuck out of these people, right? Because I say hi. I try to nod. I've I've offered to help the autistic guy with his fucking groceries and got shunned. That was ugly. Uh, I never helped Johnny Shuffles with his burning couch. I didn't do any of that stuff. I, I, sh- I stared at Frenchie's naked daughter. So I, I've got a bit of a reputation here. I was swinging my cock around out there by a fucking carport and a woman and her daughter saw me. Eh, I've made some mistakes. I have made some mistakes. Uh, but at this point... Uh, all the new people, they don't know I did those fucking things. Like they don't, they don't know that I stared at a French naked chick and I swung my dick around at everybody. They got no fucking clue. They just know they got a baby and I've been nice to it. Uh, it, uh, that's the, you call the baby it. I guess you do kind of, and look, well, cause I'll be honest with you. I don't know what this fucking thing is. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Uh, I don't know if it's chosen its pronouns yet. It's a child, but you never know. It could have done those things. I have no clue, but I, uh. All I know is the crying through the wall, which doesn't sound, that sounds awful. You know what? This baby could be the prisoner of Zenda. As far as I know, it could, it could just be in a, in a jail cell. And, and the two of us are talking to each other through a goddamn toilet. There it is. It, it's, it's someone who's uh from that. Was it the cask of Amontillado or the mask of the red death? No mask of the red death. Everybody died at a rich people's party and oh, spoiler alert. And uh, the cask of Amontillado, uh, the, uh, like a Montague walled a Capulet up into a goddamn wall. Uh, and he led him down there and look, it, uh, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Rich person, poor person. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you're having a, uh, some wine with a guy and he's like, Hey, you want to see my wine cellar? And you're like, sure. And you also know that your uncle like uh, killed his fucking sister one time. Don't go have the wine or maybe have the wine, but stay in the fucking foyer. But when he says, Hey man, I got a total cool ass wine cellar. You want to go check it out? And you're like, sure. And then you go down fucking five, 10, 15 fucking subterranean staircases. And then there's a human, there's a, there's a U sized hole in the wall. And you're like, Hey, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, don't worry. The best Beaujolais in there. And you're like, fantastic. You squeeze your ridiculous frame through there. And guess what? Walled up dead forever. Just wine and bones in that fucking chasm. And by chasm, I mean chasm. Uh, you're just locked in there. Cause I, you know, I almost, I didn't know what to say there. I don't know why. Cause it's not a chasm. It's a, it's just a, it's a, I was gonna say chamber. And then my mind, my mind went to chasm, but it went to chasm. Cause I was gonna say chamber. Do you care? Do you, are you doing a schematic of the way I talk? You got, you got your calipers out, you fuckhead going ahead and fucking, why am I angry at you people? Um, so this baby next door, it could, it could be trying it could, it might not even be a baby quite, you know, I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen the fucking thing. So there's a good chance. Uh, well, not a good chance. Probably it's a strong thing to say, but I would say that there's a chance. Let's say there's a chance. There's a, there's a scintilla of a chance, a sliver, if you will, of a chance that they don't even have a baby. They, they may just be the proud parents of a sound effects record. And I say to myself, well, how do I fall for this? Maybe what if that is it? What have they been sent to torture me and torment me and make me kowtow to a mysterious anti-baby? That would be fucking brutal. It's a fake baby. It's a baby ghost. It's nothing but just fucking, it's a needle on a record. They put the needle on the record. They put the needle on the record, put the needle on the record, put the needle on the record, and the baby cries like this. <laughs> That's fucking awful, right? Uh, and yet I fall for it all the time. 
I go next door with my fedora in my hands. Excuse me, pardon me, bowing and scraping. Can I turn my music on so I don't disturb the baby? Uh, and, and also, by the way, they couldn't be more lovely about it. They, they've never complained. They've never come to me and said, hey, what the fuck's going on? Um, and you would think if they were going to do that, tonight's the night. It's going to be all right. I love you, girl. Ain't nobody going to hold us down, right? Is that it? Ain't nobody going to stop us now, not hold us down. Uh, nobody's going to break our stride either. Matthew Wilder and Rod Stewart, they had a lot of things they weren't going to be doing. Matthew Wilder and Rod Stewart were very keen on telling you what you could not do. Ain't Actually, not just you, nobody. Ain't nobody going to hold us down. Ain't nobody going to uh, uh, no uh, stop us now. Ain't nobody going to stop us now. Ain't nobody going to break on my stride. Uh, because apparently he's saying that in the parlance of Mario. It's a me, a Mario, and ain't nobody going to break on my stride. It's uh, Matthew Y. Y. Luigi, perhaps. Maybe that's what it is. Here's a crime against nature. Uh, at least I've been told that as I do these video game things on Twitch. Did you know that I don't know anything at all about Mario? Uh, I know he's got a fucked up mustache. He's got a weird evil brother. I know Princess Peach, and I know that uh, he drives around in a turtle sometimes. But I, my, my knowledge of the Mario family ended, it began and ended at Donkey Kong. I know that he uh, he was a guy who fought a giant gorilla. He had to climb up ladders. Uh, he dodged barrels. And uh, occasionally there was, he, and, and then he'd get to the top and then the gorilla would go, and then up the ladder. And then it would go, ding, 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 ding. And then he would throw more barrels at him. What a fucking existence that is. Who thought that shit up? Hey man, what if we had a giant monkey, right? And it saves a fucking, uh, it steals a princess from a plumber. Why the fuck is the plumber doing the saving? Is he a plumber in Donkey Kong? That's another thing. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe did, did he go on to become a plumber at some point? Uh, he went to plumbing school. <laughs> That's what happened. This fucking guy, he's like, you know what I'm tired of doing? Chasing chicks up ladders with fucking gorillas. I need to get me a trade. <laughs> That's probably not as funny as I thought it was, but it's four in the morning. So to me, it's hilarious. And by four in the morning, I mean 3.36 a.m. All right. Uh, (laughs) Man, I am so tired of chasing chicks up ladders with a fucking gorilla. I need to learn a trade. Holy shit. You have no idea that I'm crying right now. I'm wiping tears out of my eyes because that's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. But I love the idea of him making that decision. And having an evil plumber brother is like, yeah, fuck this. What are we doing? Is Because why Luigi's not even in the fucking Donkey Kong, right? He's, he shows up later when they're running around with turtles and shit. Uh, and then, because then Mario, all right, for, I see him, like I said, Donkey Kong, he's doing all that. But then he, uh, is there, no, what's next? Is it Super Mario World? Because he's got to jump into pipes and then he's smashing mushrooms, right? Or Because it's Princess Toadstool. Who's Princess Peach? One of the, Princess Toadstool might be, is that Mario? I don't know. Because Jellyfish wrote a song about it. Princess Toadstool, I know you're frightened. And it was Bowser, Bowser Cooper. Is that his name? Bowser Cooper? Uh, Jellyfish, not even joking. They wrote a song about Donkey Kong. And it's on, like Donkey Kong, if you want to hear it. Go ahead and press it. Put the put the needle. <laughs> I won't do it. Um, but yeah, so Jellyfish wrote a fucking song about it. And so that's, my, that's, that's, that's another touchstone I have. That's it. I don't know anything about it. So I assume... He was a plumber as he was running around doing that. And then why Luigi says, get the fuck out of here, man. What are we doing? Like, you know what? I know. I know a guy who owns a racetrack. And then sure enough, the next they're driving race cars around. Is that true? I don't know, man. I missed so much because I, I was on the road trying to do comedy and get a career. And like you saw that fucking edit up. Should have stayed home and played fucking Mario. Because uh, when I was a kid, again, we played we played the, the classic games. I played some Pong, played a little bloop, bloop, bloop. 
bloop, bloop, little Pong, little Space Invaders, little, uh, what else did I play? Defender. You ever see Defender? Oh, that's sweet. I played the Journey game uh, with Steve Perry in a, in a Tron cone. Again, the, I don't, there's always these things you say where you're like, well, rock stars are high, so they make decisions when they're high. But I just, I just can't see Journey being recklessly high. Maybe I suppose. Look, Neil Schoen. All right, never mind. Neil Schoen. I can see recklessly high. Hey, I didn't even mention this. Did you, did you know Neil Schoen played the fucking? Uh, I might have even told you. I, when I went to the Raiders game in Vegas with Austin, uh, Neil Schoen played the fucking uh, national anthem, Star Spangled Banner, whatever the fuck, on on computer, computer, guitar. Uh, and, and he wheedled and wheedled and he lost his place. And I was laughing. Like, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It was just bad. Uh, and I will say this, I got bamboozled because he was wearing a he was wearing a Neil Schoen 21 Jersey. And in my brain, I'm like, holy shit, Neil Schoen loves cliff branch. And I thought that was my favorite thing. I was like, God damn it. I, I, I love Neil Schoen now because he loves fucking cliff branch. But then it turns out, uh, guess what year we're in folks. Yep, that's how dumb Mike is. Mike sat here and thought, oh, my God, you got to pick your favorite Raider. How sweet. And, uh, and you know, no, Neil Schoen is they gave him a jersey with fucking 2021 on it. Of course, that's what you do. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's that, that's what you do. I suppose that's what the Raiders do. Anyway, Neil Schoen played the fucking, he, he played the shit out of the national anthem. And it was very much, look, Hendricks did it, and he, and he made it his own. All right. There's no doubt Jimi Hendrix's national anthem is fucking amazing. It's no Marvin Gaye's national anthem, but they're in the same stratosphere, I would say. Uh, but Neil Schoen, and again, he's and, and Neil Schoen's got soul. He played with Santana and shit. He's a blues guy or whatever the fuck. So, and, and you know, he, uh, he, yes, he made Stone in Love, which might not be bluesy to you guys, but I fucking again, the Escape album. You can argue with me on that. You're gonna show up at my house at 3:39 in the morning and say to myself, hey, say to myself, say to me, hey man, escape doesn't matter because it does. It fucking matters. And I know I even have friends who hate it and fuck that. Steve Perry turned his hair white. You see that? Well, he didn't do. It. <laughs> I don't know if he did that. He turned his hair white. You know what he did? He scared himself. He's and he slept in a haunted house. Steve, here it is. Steve Perry took a bet from Greg Ullman. Uh, and I know you're thinking to yourself, Greg Allman is dead. Yes, but that's why the ghost of Greg Allman sent a bet via the the afterworld to Steve Perry to spend the night in the haunted Allman mansion. And just for one night, that's all he needed to do. And then he would win one million dollars. And Steve Perry's like, well, you know what? I'm not scared of this motherfucker. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because what's Steve Perry doing these days other than going, oh, no, remember when I could sing? Uh, and I don't and look, I don't mean that in a mean way because I look, you know me. Uh, I fucking love Steve Perry. I love his voice. And I know there's a story where Van Halen threw like fucking shrimp cocktail on him and they made him cry and everybody thinks that's funny. And uh, yes, I guess it was because again, you want to talk about hedonistic fucking high jag offs, then Van Halen's your band and I love it. Um, and that's why I can't see Journey doing that. But at the same time, could you see David Lee Roth spending the night in a haunted mansion by himself? No, not at all. He needs a fucking mirror and a narcissistic fucking audience at all goddamn times. He, he needs to be noticed. There's no way David LaRoth can never be alone because then he's just fucking ooping himself into a fucking somersault all the time and going, look at me, look at me. And nobody's watching. And then he's just in a fucking mess. His brain's a scramble like a goddamn scramble. You get at brunch, uh, David LaRoth brain brunch. Um, so Steve Perry stayed in the Almond Mansion 
and and it chilled him. It, it he he wound up chills up his spine because of all of the pitfalls and pratfalls that were there. Because not only was it where the ghost of the almonds there, but the ghost of the, the Leonard, half the Leonard Skinner band was there. Didn't they almost die in a plane crash? Or some of them did, or some of them did not. Uh, what if it, wait? What if it was a mansion where all of the fucking all the dead rock stars were? So Steve Perry's there for the night, and it's just Greg Allman and Buddy Holly just harassing him, and they throw a shrimp cocktail on him and make him cry. Eddie might have been there. Eddie could have done it too. Eddie's there. Fuck yeah, he's hanging out with Greg Allman and Buddy Holly. No, he's not. They always say that. They're like, ah, you know what? Eddie Van Halen's up in heaven right now, jamming with Buddy Holly. No, I don't think he is. I, I think uh, I think he's a skeleton in the ground. And uh, and I just don't think that there's a heavenly band that they'd be playing. Although maybe, maybe there is. I don't know. But again, as I've said many times before, I don't know why you would want to go to heaven and do your job. Eddie Van Halen's job was playing guitar and rock star. Now, did he love the, the guitar? He certainly did. But does he want to then go to heaven? And they go, all right, buddy, you're going to guitar heaven. And he's like, what does that mean? They're like, go in there and say hi to Jimi Hendrix and uh, I, I think an Allman brother. Because I, I, look at me. I couldn't even pull one more dead guitarist. Like, you know, I thought of Jimmy Page. And then my brain, I go, don't say that. Jimmy Page isn't dead. Oh, this is the hesitation I have, folks. This is what happens when you're talking with no goddamn breaks. This is why the next door baby cries. Uh, so I heard a stirring just a second ago as I'm sitting here and rampaging and talking, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm not putting anybody out. I might be. You never know. Uh, or maybe they're just mad that I, I dissed Mario. Did I diss Mario? I didn't really diss Mario. I just don't know exactly how he fucking handled his business. He was, again, he's chasing a gorilla. And, and then the next thing I know, he owns a racetrack or whatever the fuck. And, and people, not only that, but people fucking love it. They made a movie. They're making another movie. And, and here's the, I love this too. They're making a movie and, um, and Chris Pratt is Mario's voice. And uh, there's a lot of people who are upset. They're very angry about it. Uh, they can't believe that Chris Pratt has been named the voice of Mario. And if you'll go online, there are several online petitions you can sign to make sure that Chris Pratt doesn't get the job of voicing Mario. And uh, what I say to everyone is grow the fuck up. Get a fucking job. Put some thumb screws on and hurt yourself. I don't know what you need to do to get away from the fucking online petition to keep Chris Pratt away from being Mario. What What does that even matter to you? And then... They segue it into some bullshit because first they're like, because look, it's not about representation. Don't tell me it's about representation. All right. Because Mario, even even Italian people can't be claiming Mario at this point. They'll claim they'll certainly claim a Michael Corleone. They'll claim someone like that. They'll claim a uh, a, a, a Bronx tale Chaz Palminteri. Why wouldn't you claim you'd claim the Sopranos? I would do that. Are they stereotypes? Probably. But they also, I think, portray Italians a lot better than a fucking goofy-ass plumber who can't even kill a monkey. Fuck that guy, right? Uh, So there's no way that it's Italians who are upset. Because again, fucking Mario, you want to talk about the stereotype of all stereotypes. The only only thing he doesn't do is punch a hooker. Because he's just like, it's a me, a Mario. I I have a feeling if you talk to Italian people, they would just be like, we don't uh, don't care who does fucking Mario's voice. Because... You know what? Just get it. You know what? Take a plate of fucking spaghetti and put a, a mustache on it. <laughs> That's all you need. I guess that would be better than Chris Pat because people are it, it's so it's not about representation. All right. It, but also at the same time. And I look, uh, I'm going to talk about it because why not? Uh, there are people who are mad at Chris Pratt because he belongs to a certain church. And and I think his church is like mean to people. I, I don't know if it's anti-trans or it's anti-gay people or 
I don't know, just anti anybody who isn't Chris Pratt, who's tithing fucking 10% of his unbelievable fucking income to these people. So of course they're not going to drum them out of the goddamn core. But at the same time, maybe the church believes all those things. I, and look, I don't even know, cause here I'm going to say this and, and you're going to fight with me and that's fine. Uh, perhaps you won't, maybe you won't even fight with me. It is three 45 AM. Um, I've been, I've been thinking about this uh, lately. We'll get back to Chris Pratt. I promise in, in Mario, because it's very important to me. Sure. It is. It's about as important as the online petition. I don't give a flying fuck. I don't care. Like, I don't care about the Mario video game. Cause again, there are people, again, I understand nostalgia is very strong. And so they're like, I can't believe they got him to play him. It's like, you know, I, I, I will admit this when they cast the first fantastic four movie or whatever it was. And they were like, Hey man, uh, there's going to be a black human torch. Uh, in my brain, I was like, fucking Why? It doesn't, I, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I grew up watching the Fantastic Four, and uh, they're a family, and there's a, a, a father who stretches all over the goddamn place, and then there's a lady who can turn invisible, and then there's a guy who can set himself on fire anytime he wants, and there's another guy made out of aquarium rocks. And then they get a spooky baby and a fucking old lady uh, nanny. And sometimes they go to the negative zone and they have to say hi to Dr. Doom occasionally as well. So I'm like, ah, I, I grew up watching these books. I know them. I know these characters. And and look, I'm going to tell you right now, flat out, I'm going to I'm going to draw a line in the fantastic sand. Uh, the Human Torch is not a black guy. I've seen the comic book. He's a blonde guy. If anything else, uh, you know, and look, is there representation problems with the, the blonde dude? No, because there's blonde dudes everywhere. I understand it. But in my brain, when they first announced it, I was like, you can't do that. Why would you possibly have a black guy come in and be the human torch? It's fucking ridiculous because the comic book doesn't have it that way. And then uh, I thought about it for about five seconds and I went, well, uh, the family is a father who stretches all over the goddamn place and a lady who can turn herself invisible and a guy who can set himself on fire and a man made out of aquarium rocks and a spooky baby and an old lady nanny and a guy named Dr. Doom. And I thought to myself, you know what? Make them whatever you'd like, because it's not like the rest of it is, 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 is adhering to any sort of reality that anyone can have a touchstone for. There's nostalgia and there's you going, oh, that's not how I remember it. But so fucking what? You know what I mean? It's it's like just just who gives a flying fuck? Because I how many times you've heard a story where there's like some because representation to me is not important because I'm white, dude. I'm everywhere. And I don't say it in some sort of like, oh, that boo hoo. I'm just saying that that's just the way it's been. It's been like that fucking forever. Uh, and that's Disney princesses and that's fucking villains and bad guys and good guys and heroes and every other fucking thing. It's always white dudes or, or white ladies or whatever the fuck. So to me, representation, I never, you know, I didn't even think about it. I just grew up with these characters. I grew up with these books. I grew up with these movies and that's who they were. And then uh, once representation became uh, something I was aware of, I, I, you know, I've heard it in many different forms, but I will, I will share this one with you. There was a, uh, there's a writer I follow on Twitter and he took his daughter to some, I don't know, Disney movie where they had a black princess. I think it's Moesha. I don't know. Tiara. I don't, I don't have any idea. I, there was a, well, Moesha's a TV show, right? Uh, Tiara seems like something a princess would wear and it wouldn't be her name. Uh, I think of that because uh, you know, Jasmine is, uh, is from Aladdin. And then there's Squanto from fucking uh, Pocahontas. Although Squanto, Squanto's the Indian, right? I think Pocahontas is the is the princess. Don't look. Don't fucking yell at me. I don't. I, I'm I'm a grown man. If I like, if I knew all the characters in Pocahontas, next thing you know, I'm gonna start an online petition to fucking go ahead and get him to come to my house and say yay and have a cake. Fuck that, man. I shouldn't know these fucking names. 
but I know Squanto, who's getting, but let, let's be honest, who among us will ever forget Squanto? And I will tell you this. I don't know who the fuck Squanto is. I don't know what he did. I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know who he is, what he's done. I don't know anything. Uh, about Squanto, except the fact that he's got the fucking most awesome name in the goddamn business, because it's the kind of name where if he said, and, listen, and also I will say this, Squanto must have been a bad motherfucker, because if he walks into a place and they're all like, who's this idiot? And he's like, hey, fuck you, I'm Squanto. And they're like, Bwahaha! like Charlie Murphy going to play Prince in basketball. They're like, oh, fucking Squanto. And then he pulls out a fucking axe and he goes to work on everybody. Just fucking leaves the place in a goddamn hail of body parts and cartilage. Yeah, that's fucking Squanto. Make me a Squanto movie where he fucks everybody up just because of his name. Shows up, you know, because all these idiots with the dumb names. Like, he's a guy named Dumbledore, right? Is he a bad guy, good guy? I don't even know. So you have the no-nos. Snape is there. Again, all these names are fucking ridiculous. And you're like, if in, you would think to yourself, well, there's no way a guy named Snape is going to be a problem. But then I guess he doesn't have a nose and he's mean to everybody. Uh, and, and Dumbledore's the fat guy, right? And and then also he, the t-shirt came out that my friend wore. I'm not going to go into it. But Dumbledore has some secrets. Um, but yeah, fucking uh, Squanto, what a name. That's just that's just a dude. You don't fuck with Squanto. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the hat off the old Lone Ranger and you don't fuck around with Squanto. That's the way it goes. Croce knew. He fucking wrote a song about it. Uh... So, so there was all these Disney princesses, whatever the fuck. And there was, they made one they made a movie and it had a lady in it. And it was, uh, it was the princess was of, uh, and look, I don't even know. Cause again, it's a cartoon. I don't want to say she was African-American because who the fuck knows that she was African-American. It could have been said in fucking glass slipper land. I don't fucking know. Wonderland, some bullshit, but she was a black girl, the princess and this writer, uh, he was relaying the fact that they went to this movie and, uh, and his he brought his like five year old daughter, and he's a he's a uh, black dude, and and his you know daughter of course is clearly black, and uh, and they watched the movie, and he said his daughter was she was staring at it, and like she had she couldn't understand it like almost like it was something so different and strange, and he said she stood up in her seat, stood up and just and just clapped. And, and joyously laughed every time this girl did anything heroic or did anything cool. And uh, he relayed this over the series of uh, tweets or whatever the fuck that used to be blog entries. But now you got to write 15 tweets in a thread to get everybody to read them. And he just and, and it's this I have to admit, uh, you know, I, I choked up reading it because you're like, oh, this is this revelatory moment for her where she sees on screen. She sees herself. And I've never had to worry about that. I mean, I. You know, I and here's the thing. <laughs> I, I will tell you this. There's a flip side to this coin. Um, you know, black people have had representation, but it's always been fucking pimps and bad dudes and fucking terrible heroin dealers or junkies or whatever the fuck. It's always been awful, their representation. Go watch Hollywood Shuffle if you haven't seen it. Fucking Robert Townsend deconstructs it in the most brilliant fucking way. It's genius from beginning to end because it's there's a story within within. You know, there's sketches within the stories that explain what he's talking about. But the story itself is about a a black actor just trying to be an actor. And he constantly gets told he has to be like fucking Willie Dynamite or he's got to wear some fucking sky blue suit and drive a Cadillac and be hitting whores in the face. And he's like, why? Why the fuck would I do this? You know what I mean? I'm why can't I just play a businessman or whatever the fuck? And yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. So I guess that was, you know what? That might have been my first lesson with representation. I didn't even know what it was at the time. I just knew it was a, a, a really talented comedian making a commentary on Hollywood. Um, but but black people have seen their representation always be negative. 
you know, uh, um, like, you know, and again, even stuff like black sheep, uh, you know what I mean? There, there's, there's all the, I mean, rap lyrics have touched on it for years about why is, why is, why is the bad guy in black? Why is all, why is that always the issue? Why is the villain wearing black constantly? And they sound like silly trite things until you add them up and you look and it's just, it's just a snowball that rolls downhill. And then it's just a fucking, it's a, a, a an ethnicity crushing weight. You know what I mean? A race crushing weight that they have to deal with all the goddamn time. Um, now I would argue this, uh, because white guys get all of the roles as well. Certainly there, this is the thing. We always get stupid people too. Now that's the difference though, is we have heroes, you know, white guys will play heroes and Vikings and whatever the fuck. But also then we get fucking Dr. Bellows from I dream a genie. Who's a fucking idiot who can't even figure out why genie is making noodles disappear. You know what I mean? He's like, "Eh, major Nelson, wasn't there a plate of rigatoni here a second ago? Shut up. Dumb fuck. There was, except he's got a fucking uh, crazy hot chick who lives in a bottle who snaps her fingers and she makes shit disappear. And and this is the guy you're sending to space, by the way. That's, you know how dangerous that was to this country, this planet, that they had fucking uh, uh, Major Nelson in the space program while he also had a genie at the house? He could have gone up to the moon. He could have brought genie. She could have started blinking fucking condos. Nelson takes over the moon. I, and look, Hagman's kind of dumb, and he's probably also going to bring fucking Major Healy with him. Oh, Healy, what a fucking dope that guy is. Now, look, is he a great actor? Certainly. Is he interesting and funny? Yes. Does he? Is he the comic relief in that show? Yes. Uh, other than when Jeannie makes like a fucking cow up here for no reason. Cause Jeannie, look, man, I don't know if she's just fucking mischievous. I haven't watched the show in fucking forever. When I was a kid, it was just like, oh man, Jeannie's hot and she blinks and shit shows up. There's a Rolls Royce in the house now. That's eh, fun. But now I wonder if there's some subtext that I did not see. I wonder if there was something and uh, and look only, only I, I'm worried about the Chris Pratt petition people. And now I'm worried about the subtext of I dream of Jeannie. What the fuck? Although I'll tell you this dudes, uh, Again, as I told you, nostalgia, and look, I didn't tell you anything. I say this. Please don't pretend like I'm like, oh, I told you guys. I'm not fucking planting a flag, but I will tell you this. Nostalgia and pussy run the world. We talk about this every time. I, it's just, that's just the fucking way it is. And uh, I, I just, the nostalgia thing's got to fucking go, man. You just got to let it, you can't, like I said, with fucking, with, with Mario and shit like that. When I talk about representation, you know, representation is a good thing. So let it dissolve. Let everybody be everybody. Who gives a fuck? Who cares if you got a fucking Indian Hulk? Although I guess they have an Indian Hulk now that fucking Kumail's on the spike. <laughs> With the fucking Elementals show. What the fuck, man? Have you seen, did you see the, or no, the Eternals? What the fuck? Is that what it is? Did you see it? I didn't see it. I just can't. I, I don't, you know, man, they've lost me. I don't, I don't. That's ballsy. Like Marvel, look, I trust you. All right. It's, it's like when I trust Pixar for a long time, I was like, Pixar makes the best movies in the world. So I'm going to trust Pixar to do whatever the fuck they want to do. I, I will. They got my money and then they made cars. And I said, you know what? Couldn't be less interested. I'm out dopey hillbilly car and whatever the fuck I'm not. I, and I, and this is to my detriment. I have not watched a Pixar movie since now it's a, because I'm tired of fucking cartoons. The last good one I saw from them was up. Up is magical, and I watched it and I loved it, and uh, and then they made fucking cars, but I also didn't they just make fucking uh, they made uh, what the fuck Encanto I think that is that them, but then no they made one that was like a a, a a young Latin boy or Hispanic boy who plays guitar what's his name he's, I want to say Squanto but I know that's not it, uh, but I'll tell you what Squanto could shred. 
You think you think he'd beat the shit out of guys at the bar? He could, but he also at the same time, once he's finished, he takes the fucking stage. Goddamn, uh, he's got a he's got a fucking guitar in his hand. He plays, and the tip jar gets filled up. Woe be to you, the person who survives a Squanto massacre and then doesn't tip him when he's up there busting out some winger songs. Squanto doesn't, and, and that's the thing. It's not like he's like an '80s head. He just knows that you know what? If I pull out a, a winger song and 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 it's recognizable because it bring you know what? Nothing brings the temperature down after a one man massacre like seventeen. Like reminiscing about teen sex because people are like, you know, bleeding and sad. But then they're just like, oh, yeah, she is only 17. You know what? My dad was like that. He was a jerk. He said she's too young, but she's old enough for Squano. Look at Squano going to work. Um, so uh, what the fuck is I saying? Representation, people, fucking. Uh, yeah, I just. Oh, the Eternals. Fuck, dude. Here's the balls on Marvel. All right. So I, I watched. I saw Endgame. That's the last one I saw. And then I, I wasn't sure if I was going to watch WandaVision. Because I didn't know what the fuck it was. I'm like, uh, because they, you start, you lose me when you, when I, and this is personal preference, you be you, but when you start to drown me in product, when I, when I can't turn around without bumping into some fucking Dr. Strange Twinkie treat or, or a, a Spider-Man pasta platter, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's. And I'm not against marketing or whatever the fuck. Make all the money you can, I suppose. Because I know, look, we all know Disney needs cash. Uh, because God knows, God knows that Star Wars gravy train is going to end soon. What the fuck is with those women with the elephant trunks on their heads now in Boba Fett's show? I don't know who they are, uh, but they, but I guess they're badass warriors. Is that more representation? These who who sees those fucking aliens and goes, ha ha, there you go. There's some tough broads. Oh, it's yeah, because they're they're half fucking Jupiterian or whatever the fuck they got. They're they're. Their bodies are coursing with Tauntaun blood. It's not like they're human. So you can't say there's no representation in Star Wars for fucking anybody. Unless you're a goddamn Roomba. <laughs> then you're like, hey, that dude's like me. He's like a tall me. I love him. Listen to him whistle. He's fucking great. Oh, my God. He got shot on the ship. What a drag. I hope his gay friend is nice to him. Uh, yeah, because the Star Wars thing. That's 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 you know, they burnt me out on that. I never, and like, I never cared about Star Trek as a kid. I just didn't. I don't. And I, I used to think that it was just space. I'm like, eh, I don't like space, but uh, you know what? Occasionally I want to sit down and I want to just watch some space. I watched the original Dune with Pat. Pat came over to my place. Did I talk about that to you guys? I don't know if I did. I watched the original Dune with Pat because the, the new Dune was on its way. So I'm like, and the new Dune trailer was fucking amazing. So I'm like, holy shit, I can't wait to see it. But and Pat's like, well, let's watch the original Dune. I said, cool, I'm in because I never again, it was it went into my all things space are not for me pile. And I never fucking thought about it. But I thought, well, it wouldn't be bad to have a touchstone here on what Dune could be. So I'm good. What I planned on doing was I was going to watch the original Dune and then I was going to read the Wikipedia stuff about the original Dune. And then I was going to watch the new Dune. Uh, with the peach fucker. Who's that guy? He's he's in it. So I'm like, all right, man, this will be fine. I can't wait to watch the new Dune. So Pat came over to my house, and uh, and I think he oh, and he brought a pizza. You know what Pat brought me uh, that day? Uh, unsolicited, by the way. He never said, hey, you want anything? He brought me one of those Detroit pizzas from Pizza Hut. So that'll tell you how long ago this was. Um, wait a minute, what the fuck is that? My my <laughs> my what? <laughs> I'm sorry, my screen just lit up, and it said my calendar is going off, and it says there's a private event. Uh, at 7 a.m. What the fuck is my private event at 7 a.m.? Oh, Jesus Christ, my flight. All right. Uh, is it two hours? Oh, it's three hours. It's now four o'clock a.m., ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
So my computer is saying there's a private event. Boy, how great would that be? If it was, I, I wish the fuck it was a private event. How great would that be at a fucking private jet as I cart my way to Malaysia? Um, so I'm going to watch Dune with Pat, right? So he comes over and he brings a Detroit pizza from, uh, from Pizza Hut. And, uh, and it was fine. You know, let's put it this way. It was, it was a delightful surprise and I was very glad that he brought it. But at the same time, uh, I don't, I look, I, I don't know anything about Detroit pizza. I, from what I understand, it's, it's bread and then they put cheese on it. And then at the end they put the sauce on it. I don't know if the sauce is cold or they put it on to cook. Um, I don't know. All I know is whatever sauce they used on this Detroit pizza was the most acrid sauce uh, I've ever had at a Pizza Hut. Now, I've talked before about Papa John's. We know my feelings on a Papa John's, correct? Uh, the pizza just tastes like racism. And it did even before we found out pizza, uh, Papa John was a Pizza John. Papa John was a racist. Once we found out he was a racist, I literally I snapped my fingers and I was like, of course, because the pizza just tastes like fucking racism. It's so bad. Like I, I, uh, I, I, I bit into a Papa John pizza. You ever have a York peppermint patty and you're instantly brought back to like your time on the Matterhorn across the Alaskan tundra. Uh, well, I bit into a Papa John's pizza and I was immediately spirited away to a lunch counter in 1961, Mississippi. And Oh my goodness, were my clothes wet? Uh, there, there were German shepherds who did not want me there. And here's the worst part. You know what they were serving at that lunch counter? You got it. Papa John's racist pizza. God damn it. I, you would think, you would think biting into this pizza would take me to a place that, because already I'm about to go through an extreme hardship. Clearly, uh, you know, Sheriff Bubba and all of these other axe handle wielding cunts are going to take me outside and tune me up as German shepherds snarl and the fire hoses blare. Uh, but you would think at least in that small amount of time, I would be able to enjoy a club sandwich. Why would you ever make me bite into a racist pizza and then send me away to a lunch counter where I'm about to be violated uh, in, in several different ways? One, by beating with axe handle. Two, by sheriff humiliating me for my position in, in society. Three, by snarling German shepherds. And four, by the second bite of racist pizza. I just, I, because, and, and you would think that biting the racist pizza in the in the the dream that happens after you bite the first racist pizza would take you back to a better place, but no, uh, I wound up in the street. I was out in the street. Oh 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 oh, and the fire hoses—they soaked me. I was out in the street. When I'm out in the street, rough rough rough. That's the German Shepherd. He gets a part. He sang. Bruce Bruce is very uh, liberal, but at the same time, he went. You know what? These German Shepherds—they're just animals. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. So he gave him a part in the album. Good for him. Good guy. Uh, Papa John's is a racist pizza and they, their sauce, again, as I said, the pizza tastes like racism, but the sauce, uh, it tastes like bile. It's just, it just is so acrid and so, so sour. I don't even know the word. Acrid's a good word. It's, it tastes like bile. It's just nasty. It tastes like the, the blood and alien that eats through the fucking hull of the ship. Uh, and don't, please don't write me and go, when did you eat the blood and alien that ate through the hull of the ship? Fuck off, man. We're talking here. Uh, so what the fuck? So uh, pizza and racism and Pizza Hut and representation. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little screwed. I'm a little all over the place today. Because again, it's 4.04 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, the private event thing screwed me up. I think I was in a pretty good role until that fucking showed up. Oh, uh, Pat shows up with a Detroit pizza. So it's this acrid sauce, right? And uh, and, and I didn't mind. Again, cause, and look, and let me ask you this. 
You think fat me ever turned down a free pizza? Jesus. No, of course not. Packet to put his dick on that pizza. I probably still would have ate it. What the fuck? I'm a monster. I am. I am a fucking absolute grizzly bear. I need a whip and a fucking chair. Somebody help me. Do me a favor. Somebody come over here and drag me away from myself. Um, so Pat brought it over and I'm like, that's a delight. And then let's go ahead and, th- and you know, and Pat, I will say this too. You know, what Pat got on the pizza. Because I've gone to Pat's house before and he's set up some pie. Uh, Pat gets green pepper on his pizza. And that's it. Pat does it. Pat's not a sausage guy. He's not a mushroom or an onion guy. Maybe a plain cheese guy, but he gets he gets a green pepper. Cheese and green pepper pizza. And again, as I've mentioned, as you know, uh, I am just short of an animal. I I will crawl naked on my stomach across broken glass to get whatever free pie you're doling out to me. I am, I am literally every Tom and Jerry cartoons hobo who walks by with fingerless gloves and snatches something off your windowsill to eat, whether it be a hot pie or a, or a chrysanthemum or a mouse. I'm going to jam it in my maw. Cause I am a fucking Hoover. Uh, so, so Pat brought it over. We bit it. And again, acrid, uh, and I like green pepper. It just, it just wasn't for me. I'm not a Detroit pizza guy. I think, um, you know what it t- you know, it, it tasted like kid rock. That's why I was out and don't write me and be like, kid rocks a nice guy. Whatever the fuck. Good for you. I'm glad you like him. Just a fedora and a mustache. He just, you know, and go ahead and look at kid rock. You know what he looks like? He, he looks like a disguise. He doesn't even look like a real dude. He wears that fucking, that he's that goofy hat. And then that bad mustache. He looks like the uh, kind of like a human version of the guy who used to chase the pink Panther. Uh, and I don't mean inspector Clouseau. I mean, in the cartoon, there was this dude with a brush mustache and he worked as like a janitor sometimes. And the pink Panther would, I don't know, throw fucking pink fiberglass on the ground. And then the guy would be like wiggling his mustache and be like, I must get this mouse or this Panther or whatever the fuck. And then he'd chase him and then he'd wind up in a garbage can and some dumb shit would happen to him always. It's like the ant in the aardvark. Why is this? And look, I understand they're for kids and they want fucking kids to go, oh, look, the small guy always wins. But then kids wake up and they grow up and they get older and they're like, ha ha, I'm tough like the ant and you're stupid like the aardvark. And then the aardvark uh, slash bully in your high school fucks you up. And you're like, God damn it. I'm the ant. I'm supposed to outsmart you. I'm the ant that talks like fucking Dean Martin. You're the aardvark that talks like Jackie Mason. And the guy's like, no, I'm fucking Barry in your gym class. And I'm about to fucking throw a bombardment ball at your face at goddamn high speed. You can be an ant if you want an ant in the afterbirth. Because you pale in comparison to me, goddammit. Um, so Pat brings this pizza over and he's like, let's watch Dune, dude. And I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. He didn't, <laughs> the plan was to watch Dune. He didn't come over and go, here's a pizza. And I said, great. He said, let's watch Dune. I said, fine. He didn't have to tempt me with a free pizza. We, were, we had a plan, all right? So he comes over to watch the, uh, the lovely Dune. And we sit down. And again, as I've mentioned, I threw it in the who cares about space pile. I don't give a shit. I mean, space means nothing to me. Um, and, and again, that's to my detriment because I'm sure there are lovely space operas and films out there that are terrific. Not unlike our, this first Dune, which I haven't seen. So I'm ready to give it a day in court. And we turn it on. And, uh, you know, it's made in like 1983, I think, 82. And uh, it's directed by David Lynch. And I just, I don't know any of the backstory, by the way, when we sit down to watch it, I got all I know it was, it was a bust. And I know at some point a shiny sting is going to appear naked on screen. That's the only thing I know. And I know Kyle McLaughlin is in it. So uh, I'm like, all right, well, you know, let's give this a dang court. Let's check it out. And, uh, 
in in the opening, Kyle McLaughlin, they're trying to train him to be like a rough warrior. And the special effects, man, it's this weird robot that shoots out orbs that he has to fight, but he's kind of not looking at them. And and but then he stops. He's doing something and then he stops. And uh, we had the subtitles on because we're both old. So we have to try to fucking read movies now. And uh, Kyle McLaughlin just like stares at a wall. And then it says interior voice. And then Kyle McLaughlin is like, I wonder what's going to happen when we go into the spice planet. I can only hope that I'm trusted by father. And those words appear in the subtitles, but Kyle McLaughlin doesn't say them. He says them in voiceover, but his character is just sitting there staring at a wall. And I'm like, and I looked panic. What the fuck is that? Uh, it's, it just seemed like a weird choice to have him have an interior monologue that they called an interior monologue. But I guess you'd be batshit insane if you were sitting in your own bedroom talking to yourself and then you're just doing fucking soliloquies, right? Like Shakespeare. So I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. And, and then... It happens again. And it's not just Kyle McLaughlin. Everybody has this weird interior dialogue. And it and here's the thing. You keep thinking it's going to stop. Guys, it never fucking stops. It, it is absolutely distracting every time it happens. And you roll your eyes and go. And in my head, I start to go, well, is this a fucking... Is this a Lynch thing? Like, is he bananas? Because, again, also, like I said, Lynch directed it. But Pat was like, yeah, but Lynch doesn't, he doesn't claim this movie. And he even showed me like on the box that he had, it was directed by, uh, what Arthur Smithy or whatever the, the name that they give when the director wants his name taken off the project. And I was like, Jesus, I didn't know it was that bad. Um, and then, you know, Pat's like, yeah, no, what happened was like Lynch, he almost finished the movie and then they took the movie away and they cut out like an hour of, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's this thing where you hear it and you're just like, honestly he's explaining all this stuff and i'm hearing it and it's great i'm glad he was here to to clarify but in my head all i'm all there's just one word when he's like yeah you know david lynch he, he made this you know movie with an extra hour because he had to explain the book and then the suit the suits got involved and they cut lynch out and they wanted to recut it themselves and get it and in my brain i'm just going cocaine because <laughs> it's you know it's 1983 every dumb fuck suit with a straw in his nose is thinking to himself that he's a movie maker when he's just a fucking idiot who got hired by fucking Exxon to run a studio or whatever the fuck, or he's got two brothers who did the same fucking thing. So they kick out an auteur, a genius like David Lynch, and they take over his fucking movie. So then he tells me that in my brain. I'm like, oh, well, those fuckheads must have put it on the goddamn interior monologue bullshit. And so we watch the movie, man. And this interior monologue is all over the fucking place. Uh, I will say this. Kyle MacLachlan's actress mom, whoever's playing his mom is hot. Uh, but then... There's a gross, like, fucking fat, naked, gay, barren guy. And, and and look, I'll be honest with you. If they made that movie now, which they did, I guess. <laughs> I didn't hear any complaints, though. Um, I can't imagine that people would be thrilled about the, the gay character, like, being a, you know, a horrible, fucking repulsive pervert. Um, but maybe it's like that in the book. I, I you know, again, I didn't read the book. Uh, I barely watched the fucking film. But we got through it. We watched the whole goddamn thing. And, uh, and it just, it just, and it seemed like it would never end. I think it's, it's only two hours. It might be two hours and 20 minutes or something, but holy fuck, was it terrible? That interior monologue. And then there's a, 
there's a spice planet and some dude, the spice runs the world, but does it really? And then there's a, and Kyle MacLachlan is now a hero and he has to show up and train everybody. And he's got a sound cannon or something. And there's some girl who loves him and he's seeing her in a dream and she's got cool eyes and, and there's sandworms and they write. And then the final battle sequence goes absolutely fucking nowhere. Uh, and then McLaughlin's got to have a duel with somebody. I don't want to say who, I don't, don't want to give it away if you haven't fucking seen it. Although after the rest of this ringing fucking endorsement, I can't imagine you're going to sit through the goddamn thing, but it just, uh, my God, we, we would, we'd pause it and Pat and I do that a lot where we just pause it and then we'll go, what is happening? Why, why is this doing this? And, uh, this movie was no fucking different. I, I just don't. I, <laughs> and then I, so then afterwards I read everything and they said that the books, are incredibly detailed. The books are all about spice and bullshit. And also the books, which people adore. If you love Dune, good for you. I'm, I, it's just not for me. I, I hope you like it. That's fine. But there's also the people who are like, oh, they couldn't adapt all the books. Mex is like that with like the Dark Tower. Oh, man, they made that Dark Tower movie and they fucking betrayed the source material. And then uh, you read about it and they're like, yeah, they betrayed the source material. There's like 17 books in the Dark Tower series. And these fuckheads in Hollywood are just making, they just want to make a movie. They don't give a fuck. They want to make money. They're not, they don't give a shit about art, um, unfortunately. And, that, and then, so that's come back, that comes back around to the thing I'm saying with like Star Wars. You know, they, they make the Star Wars movies and shit and they're like, okay, great. This is fine uh, and good for everybody. And I'm glad they love it. But then they're like, what if there were other stories in Star Wars? Like, what are you talking about? And there's comic books and there's novels and there's fan fiction. And there's all these adaptations and you know, Boba Fett's in like the movies for a minute, but now he's got a TV show about him. And, uh, and again, they always show those women with those weird fucking, it looks like elephant trunks and jester hats hanging off their heads. You know what I'm talking about? And so I guess they're badasses now. And I don't know if they hate Boba Fett or they like him. And, uh, and Boba Fett's sitting on a throne at one point and, and they're like the adventures of Boba Fett. And I'm like, who the, I don't know. All right. I guess that's for somebody. It must be if they're making it. And I, because I remember Boba Fett being super fucking cool. I do, but I don't ever remember going, Jesus Christ. I wish there was another nine hours of Boba Fett bullshit. I could sit through. Cause you know what? Nothing makes Boba Fett uncooler than losing his mystique. The point is he just showed up and he did some cool shit and he disappeared. And then his action figure came out and I was like, why is this guy an action figure? He didn't do anything in the fucking movie. You know why? Cause he's got a badass name and his badass bounty hunter. But now if I get to watch Boba Fett eat a bowl of fucking squid porridge or whatever the fuck they eat on Tatooine, I'm going to be like, ah, fuck this, man. I don't want to see Boba Fett be sad. That's the shit that they always fuck up. I don't understand. Like this thing, again, I talked about the Eternals. You're making the Eternals and Marvel is just, just, they've decided, all right, this is phase, I guess, four of the Marvel Universe. And the last one I watched, like I said, I watched fucking uh, uh, Avengers Endgame. And I was like, nah, I don't know if I want to watch fucking WandaVision because I don't know what it is. And then uh, I said, all right, I'll check it out. So I sat down and I watched WandaVision. And uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but goddamn was WandaVision great. Fucking great. The whole series was really fucking cool. Catherine Hahn was amazing in it. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, is that her name? The girl who plays Wanda and the, and the dude who plays all of them. Vision, every, everything was great. It, there's only one thing that they have. And look, I'm going to spoil. So I apologize. Run away and hide if you don't want this fucking spoiled. Because here's the thing. This is a problem I think Marvel has and they need to fucking fix quick. Um, Mar- Marvel has two villains. All right. In, in all of their shows now. Space. And the government. So in WandaVision, it turns out there's like some rogue CIA guy who wants to turn vision into another vision. 
and find Vision, who's been and and kill Wanda and whatever the fuck. It's the thing where you're like, why? And look, I understand the CIA is nefarious. They're not our best friends. Nobody likes them really. Although they did last year. Remember that? Remember like the last four years when uh, when fuckhead was in office and everybody's like, the CIA is going to take them down. Here they come. And it's like, really? The CIA? These ass fucks? Remember when they tried to invent a joke powder that made fucking Castro's beard fall out? These are the guys you're trusting, you fucks? But everybody's like, yeah, man, they put him in his place. They let fucking, uh, you know, goddamn Trump know what was up. And it's like, no, they didn't. They're all bureaucrats like the rest of them. You know, the, the the CIA isn't this, you know, everybody thinks it's the born supremacy and it's not. It's it's more like the fucking waiting room in Beetlejuice. These guys are just fucking ticking down time and trying to get shit done. And then also clandestine bullshit where they sneak around like in a Coen Brothers movie or some stuff, you know, I, and and I'm sure I'm going to get written to by some CIA agent. How do you know what goes on at the CIA? You're right. You're heroes. I don't fucking care anymore. Jesus, fuck. Stop writing me these mean things. Uh, why have I invented a CIA enemy? That, that have, I'm not on their radar. At least I hope I'm not. Jesus Christ. Although the show might put me on there. Who knows? Um, but I don't, I just don't. So there's a rogue CIA agent. And, and, and then even worse, there's a rogue CIA agent. So you know who has to stop him at this? At the, eventually, it's, uh, it's one of the two broke girls, one of the waitresses, and, uh, and uh, an Asian... FBI agent, I think, I don't know, another, another less than trustworthy organization uh, I've been told throughout my life, but all of a sudden now that's the dude we're supposed to back. Uh, so it's, it's him and, uh, and, and look, they, they may have a monkey sidekick. I don't remember all, all I know is it made, it was completely implausible. It is a fortress. It is a, a tented fortress where uh, there's nothing but CIA agents all taking the orders of the CIA mean guy, right? And then they, uh, the, the the waitress from Two Broke Girls and an Asian FBI agent who has four bullets, they somehow sneak in, and it, it's this typical bullshit. They fucking see a guy, they, they go, there's like four guards, and they're like, all right, let's, uh, ha-ha. They hide behind a wall, and they jump the guards, clam, and then they come walking out wearing the guards' suits, and uh, one of them fits Kat Dennings in a way that I don't think her own clothes would ever fit her. I, I mean, it looks like I, I think they jumped four people. They jumped three soldiers and a tailor and they forced one of them at gunpoint to absolutely form fit Kat Dennings into a fucking army uniform. Uh, because, I, look, have you ever seen Kat Dennings? Terrific actress, lovely woman, wonderful talent, but also va, va, va fucking voom. The shelf on fucking Cat uh, Dennings is not going to fit into your standard camo. At least I don't think it is. Um, but for some reason in the movie, it did. She happened to jump the perfect. She, you know, she jumped. She jumped Jeanette Goldstein. She jumped fucking <laughs> Vasquez from Aliens. Um, and it just so happened that her uniform fit her perfectly. And then they go and there's going to be a fight with the CIA guy. And also and another thing, too. Dude, the FBI agent is tied up, right? He's got his hands tied behind his back. And then the CIA agent tells him the whole plan, of course. And then uh, they throw the FBI agent into a barn or like into a pile of hay. And uh, <laughs> they, however, they, uh, they let him keep his cell phone. And somehow he works it into his hand. Now, look, I, am I remembering this imperfectly? Yes. But all I remember is he's in a pile of hay and now he has a uh, a cell phone 
and he can make phone calls. And he calls his fellow FBI agents because, again, he gets reception in the CIA tent city. And also the CIA tent city isn't they're not sweeping every 30 seconds for rogue uh, fucking devices. Of course not. No, they they let hey, they let him keep his phone. They figured he was going to use it. So I guess they're thinking maybe he you know what? Maybe he's ordering a pizza. Maybe there's some sort of nefarious tie in with some pizza company because Marvel's doing that these goddamn days. Um. And then they jump the guards and then it's just, it's just this, you're, you're going, why is the government the bad guy? And then also, like I said, space, I haven't seen Shang-Chi. I haven't watched Shang-Chi. I've heard Shang-Chi is good, but I don't, uh, because it's me. All right. I'm not, I'm not saying Shang-Chi is bad. I didn't see Shang-Chi, but I do know this. Uh, I don't care about Shang-Chi. I'm sure he's a terrific guy and he's, and he fought the abomination and he's, uh, he and his 10 rings are the key to phase four and every other goddamn thing. And that's fine. But I don't, I have no touchstone with Shang-Chi. And that's what, that's what brings me back to the Eternals. I don't know who the Eternals are. Uh, like they had, they had another show. Uh, and this was a show, not a movie. And I think it was the Defenders. That might, no, Defenders might be Luke Cage and uh, Jessica Jones and Daredevil. And I didn't watch that. I watched the first season of Daredevil. And again, all right, let's talk about this. I watched the first season of Daredevil. You know who's great in it? Fucking Daredevil. Charlie Cox is great. You know who's even better? Fucking Vince D'Onofrio is the kingpin. Layers and layers of pathos and violence. And and you're just like, man, that's a fucking great character. And Charlie Cox is another great character. And then uh, Scott Glenn shows up and he's a great character. So you watch Daredevil and you're like, man, I like Daredevil. Man, I like the kingpin. Uh, You know who I don't care about at all in Daredevil? Daredevil's friends. I understand Foggy Nelson is a big part of the comic book. All right. I, I read the comic book growing up, uh, but Foggy Nelson also didn't get to go on adventures as far as I remember. And even worse than that, there wasn't some no name secretary who decided to get a job at the office. And then she's meeting guys off site with a gun. What the fuck is going on? Foggy is fine. Foggy's part of the lore. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, you just said representation isn't a big deal. I'm just saying don't invent characters that don't mean that they should be. You know, I want to see Daredevil fight, guys. Let let Daredevil do five spin kicks. That's fucking cool. I just don't need to see Molly, the new secretary, who who wound wound up with a body in her house. And then she got a job at, at Daredevil's office. And then she is starting to work on her own plan to take down the crime people and the syndicate. And and yet then she comes to work and she won't tell them about it because she's. Nancy fucking drew. I don't know. I, I, just, I just made no fucking sense to me. I'm like, why? So I want to see daredevil. It's not called daredevil and his friends. Like it used to be on Saturday fucking morning when Spider-Man would show up with like Iceman and, and Firestar. you know, that's, that's fine. I know what I'm getting into then. Cause there's going to be a scrappy spider pup at some point who has a costume that fits better than cat Denning's uniform. Good for him. But, but this fucking show daredevil is there's violence. It's hell's kitchen and the fucking kingpin. And there's fucking, he beats a guy to death with a car door. It's fucking genius. And then I got to see glib foggy Nelson drinking four fucking pints of brew and trying to hit on Molly, the secretary. And she's going, I've got to get away because she's meeting some fucking guy in a hoodie. Who's going to give her directions to an old folks home up North with a reporter so they can interview somebody who used to know the kingpin or whatever the fuck. Jesus, I don't give a shit about this story at all but it's a, it's a huge part of the show. Um, 
And that and that's the kind of shit that chases me away. Any of these shows, anytime where they think to themselves, you know what, man, we need, you know, what we need, we need a, a girl sleuth. You know what we need? We need a, a girlfriend for Daredevil. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Daredevil needs to be. Uh, he needs somebody to love him. Does he? Or, or he could be the uh, evil fucking loner that he was in the comic book, and uh, he was miserable. Well, nobody wants to watch a miserable Daredevil. What the fuck are you talking about? That's all I want to watch is a miserable Daredevil. I don't want to see smiling, happy Daredevil, which is a really good R.E.M. song. Uh, shiny, happy Daredevil, summer salt, tiny, happy. Never mind. Too many syllables. Um, but sure enough, man, they, they force feed it to you. They got it. They always like, what if we did this? What if somehow Aunt May was now hot? Do you, do you know how ludicrous that is? Why is Aunt May hot? I get it. It's fucking awesome. And I love Marissa Tomei's getting work. Uh, in a billion years, Marissa Tomei would never fuck John Favreau's character ever. She'd rail Tony Stark. There's no doubt about that. But fucking Favreau, get in line, and I mean at the back. Uh, but also, why why is she hot? In in every in the comic on well, the comic book, she's eighty. But then in the movies, they did they made her older, and they had great actresses playing her. And and also, Spider Man was poor in those old movies. You know what I mean? Spider Man was like he he was trying to fight his way through college. And there's one scene where like Aunt May gives him 20 bucks or something. And it's a big deal. And even in the video game, when you play it, he's like, so fucking, he has no money. But in the, in the new movies, like Tony Stark loves him and then gives him all these drones and, and, and he kind of gets whatever he wants, which is fine. And that, that, so that makes him like a James Bond Spider-Man. And look, did I, did I love homecoming? I did with the vulture. Did I love far from home? I liked it. Because again, I don't need Spider-Man's friends in the equation. No offense. I don't need Mary Jane Zendaya or Zendaya uh, on the bridge yelling at Mysterio or whomever. You know what I mean? Or in the in the trailer for the new one, she's smarting off to Doctor Strange. Now, I know you're like, oh, what do you mean smarting off? She's a grown woman. Yes, I know. But he's Doctor Strange. He, If he wanted to, he could snap a finger and, oh, guess what? You don't have a mouth anymore. There's no more mouth. As you sit here and berate me and talk a bunch of shit as I've saved the planet numerous times over and you're in my fucking mansion for fuck's sake. And does this get to me? Yes, it does. But also I just don't need it. Also now, you know, and Spider-Man and his fucking friend hula hula. I don't need that fucking guy running around. Hey, let's give him some fat comic relief. Okay, great. Why? Because it makes it relatable. I don't want, I don't Spider-Man was relatable because he, he was struggling. He didn't have a job. He was trying to, make ends meet. He was working as well as being Spider-Man. He didn't get enough sleep. He was, you know, you, you could identify with him because he was, he was an every man, but now they give him smart ass friends. And, and I, I don't know <laughs> who knows. I might be contradicting my own fucking uh, representation bullshit. Cause again, I said, when I saw the black fantastic four, you know, human torch, I'm like, ah, oh, this doesn't make any fucking sense. And then I went, well, no, fuck it. Representation is important. But then I see the new flash Thompson in the Spider-Man comic books. And I was like, why? That's not a flash Thompson. It's not a bully. That guy wouldn't scare anybody. He's just a smarmy asshole with a YouTube account. Uh, but look, things evolve people. That's how they do it. They change. Everything moves along. Doesn't it? Uh, I'm a little worried about this new Spider-Man. I, I, I'm going to see it, of course. But Tom Holland in every interview now is talking about, yeah, no, I yeah, I think I'm over being Spider-Man. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm pretty tired of being Spider-Man. You know what I think I'm going to do? Anything but Spider-Man. It's like, dude, 
You're supposed to be promoting Spider-Man. Quit telling me how much you hate being Spider-Man. Yeah, I think it's time for Miles Morales to be the new Spider-Man. I think I think we should move that along here in the MCU. Why? Because you want to quit? Because you want to go make 19 Uncharted movies for no fucking reason? But that's what, and then this new one too, where he's like, people are going to see what's going to happen. It's going to be, you know what? They're going to be shocked because it's totally sad. Like this movie's devastating. It's brutal. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I don't need brutal. Why, why can't I see Spider-Man make jokes and swing around and fight cool ass villains and, uh, and be nice to MJ and, and have a good day and be poor and struggle, but also, you know, take photographs and sell them to J. Jonah Jameson, who's comic relief. And I mean, all that would be fine, but instead everybody has to know everybody's identity and now there's a problem. And now, and also I love the fact that Spider-Man's secret identity gets revealed and then he still goes to school. Like in the trailer, he shows up at high school, like he's getting bust in the sixties and everybody's like, get the fuck out of here, Spider-Man, you weirdo. And people are filming him. Um, how could he ever hope to go to a geometry class and, and no matter what he did, if, if he got an A on a test, even if he got a, a, a B on a test, and he'd be like, oh, fuck, man, I really wanted an A. And they'd go, you're fucking Spider-Man. What the fuck do you need an A for? Go swing around and punch the vulture in the head and maybe go steal some money. You could do that, too. You could be a villain if you wanted. And there's all sorts of bullshit. And kids, it's high school, man. They're not going to be nice to him. That's another thing. People in this movie, I, I bet he gets almost he won't he's going to get bullied even more. Because A, there's going to be, everybody wants, some people want to try the gunslinger slash web slinger. There's always somebody who wants to try it. You know what I mean? They always, oh, you're tough. All right, well, let's see how tough you really are. You know what I mean? But then there's also the people who, if they should explore this too. There should be people baiting him and trying him to get him physically involved and then film it and then sue him. You know what I mean? And and by proxy, sue the Avengers because they go, well, he's part of the Avengers. What if that was the whole movie? Hold on. What if I've uncovered? That's why it's brutal. He actually, he kills a kid in the high school because the kid dumps milk on his head and somebody films it. And they're like, look at this fucking Spider-Man. Peter Parker killed a guy. And then this guy files a lawsuit. And then it's a courtroom drama, not unlike the verdict. And they sue the Avengers and Tony Stark Enterprises. And this kid wins a settlement and they bankrupt the Avengers and, and Tony Stark Industries. And it's just some fucking schmuck at the high school. And then everybody hates Spider-Man even more. <laughs> now, you know what? I'm on board with that movie. I, I watch a courtroom drama featuring fucking people suing the Avengers and a lot of testimony and horseshit. And then, you know what? I also watch it, especially because when Marissa Tomei, Aunt May, has to take the fucking stand, you get Joe Pesci in there and ask her the questions. Uh, Now you're cooking with fucking gas. Now you're cooking with fucking accented gas. Uh, Dune was terrible. I watched the first Dune. It was so bad. And I'm sure you you see this coming a mile away. I didn't watch the new one. Because in my head, I'm like... I didn't even see anything redeemable in the first one where I went, oh boy, well, I hope they fix this in the second one. I don't, I mean, it's got, and it's got Josh Brolin. It's got Oscar Isaac. It's got uh, Peach Fucker Nelson. It's got all those people. It's got Zendaya, uh, who I, then I hear people, are, people are mad because, uh, and again, I'm spoiling Dune and I apologize, but Zendaya is in the movie for like 90 seconds from what I understand. She's, she's not in it. She's in it for, truthfully, like seven minutes, her character. And she's a big part of the marketing. And then I guess she's got a huge following. And so then they go see the movie and they're like, wait a second. I just watched a movie about spicy worms and I got to see Zendaya for fucking five seconds. What the fuck is going on here? But now, even better, Dune makes a ton of movie the first weekend. And then they're like, ah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make uh, more Dunes. Because you know what? 
It's a, it's a series of books that we've never been able to explore. So now we know there's an appetite for it. No, there's not. Uh, what there is is a pandemic and people will watch fucking anything. But they're like, people love doing now. And it's like, no, I'm going to say no, they don't. People at this point, again, people watched a show where there was a gay dude who owned a tiger. And I know you think that sounds like a great setup, uh, but it's, it's it, they, but people watched it and, and couldn't stop. And so don't tell me that it's about the quality of the dunes that you're going to be churning out because people love Dune. Uh, as I've mentioned, people, people sat down and consciously decided to watch a gay guy who owned a tiger. Uh, so don't please don't tell me that there's anything to do with the, the, the quality of Dune that's keeping people glued to the screen, glued to the Dune screen, man. So Marvel is, you know, I'm worried about the Spider-Man because, again, I don't need a brutal Spider-Man movie. Not yet. Not yet. Give me give me five cool ass Spider-Man movies where he doesn't take his mask off and tell everybody his fucking name. And there's so many villains you could do with Spider-Man. First of all, you don't kill Mysterio, you fucks. He better not really be dead. Uh, but, the, you know, there's and I, and I know there's a festival of villains in this new one. But also, man, there's fucking Tarantula and Craven the Hunter. And there's, there's so many fucking villains you could use that are great. And those would be great standalone Spider-Man movies. I think I mentioned this on a podcast before. My idea was they should go to Tom Holland. And I know now that he won't do this because clearly he's, he's furious at the idea of ever being Spider-Man again. But I was like, you know what they should do? They should go to Tom Holland and go, all right, look, like a baseball player. They should go, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to make 10 Spider-Man movies and we're going to give you $150 million to just buy out your next you know, eight years as an actor. And uh, you will only do Spider-Man related projects, but you will get points on the gross of everything. You'll get executive producer credit. So it's all sorts of, and you'll get merch money, all the toys, all that shit. Uh, you, you can, because then you can bring Spider-Man into his college years, into his job seeking years when he worked at the bugle. There are so many fucking stories to tell. And also now I, you're like, Hey, uh, you sound like the guys who like star Wars. You're right. I do. I get it. Now, look, I'm not clamoring for this shit, but I think they should have done it. I think that was a fucking gold mine. Sign this fucking kid up and go, you know what? You're Spider-Man. We'll buy out your next 10 years for for 150 million dollars plus points plus merch plus every other but just 100 just 150 just to make the movies now counting all the fucking surrounding cash and whatever spin-off series is he's going to get money from and it would have been great i just sign him just like an old school talent contract with a fucking studio and and obviously he's got to have his fucking reps go over it with a fine-tooth fucking comb but uh you know, and also he could do fucking tv shows all the other marvel stuff whatever the fuck they wanted to use him for but but instead, now already he's he's agitating to get out of the goddamn series, and they're going to bring in Miles, and Miles is not me. I, I I'll watch it. I like Spider Man, but I mean, I didn't watch. I I played Miles in the video game, and he was fun. And I, I know he's. I guess he's quite popular. And also, I loved Into the Spider Verse. I fucking loved it. I thought Into the Spider Verse was fucking amazing. But to me, that's where you could tell the Miles stories. Do a bunch of Into the Spider-Verses worth miles where he becomes Spider-Man and he grows into it and Peter Parker can show up sometimes and there's villains. And I saw the trailer with Spider-Man 2099, like all these different things you could do. Um, you don't need to bring him into the Marvel live universe just yet. He could have been animated and it would have been fucking perfect. But that's just me because I didn't, uh, I don't know the Miles Morales stories. Like, I don't know if he fights, you know, 
Rhino or Craven or any of these other did he fight? Was there a Green Goblin for Miles? I don't know. I don't know any of those things. And also, let me let me be perfectly clear. Uh, I'm 54 years old. They don't give a fuck about me or what I think or what I liked or what I watched. They don't care. They clearly don't care. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to care. I'm not a guy you need to care about. Uh, they're trying to keep the youth people. And and again, Miles is representation, and it totally makes sense. I, I understand why they're doing it. But me, because this is my fucking space and my goddamn show, I can say I wish they wouldn't do it that way because I think there's so much more to the character and so many stories to tell. There's, I think there's been, what, seven Spider-Man movies? Three with Toby, two with Garfield, and then two with uh, with Holland, and then this third one coming up. And they lost so much traction when they rebooted with Garfield and went back again. And I just watched those with Pat. I hadn't seen those. And uh, I didn't mind the first one. I have to admit, I was like, you know what? It's not bad. I mean, Andrew Garfield looks every fucking bit of his 28 years of age, so he shouldn't be in fucking high school. At one point in that game, in that, in that game, in that movie, fucking Flash Thompson is playing basketball in the gym with a guy who looks like an accountant. He's got male pattern baldness. I mean, there's just no reason that they think this guy is a fucking student. But, you know, I... They did what they had to do. And I, you know, I didn't mind the Gwen Stacy, but another one, that's another one of those movies. Gwen Stacy's a hero. She has to get involved in the fights. She has to show up at the fucking, where there's the big battle. So she can go, Peter, and then you can throw a switch and, and be put in danger and whatever the fuck else. You're just like, come on, man. What are you doing? Why do you need this? Spider-Man could just save the world because it's the world. He doesn't need to constantly have his loved ones in danger, does he? Uh, well, no, apparently he does. They all do. All of them do. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for them to bring fucking Chris Evans back as, as Captain America, just so they can go find his ex, you know, the old lady wife that he wound up spending the rest of his life with. And then they somehow they Jimmy rig a a goddamn time machine and they bring her back and they kidnap her. And he has to save her with the Falcon. Who's now the Captain America and Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know. So then I watched, I watched that. And then I watched, uh, I watched Falcon and the winter soldier. It was fine. You know what I mean? That that really struck me as kind of a, uh, it wasn't a project they needed to do. I got what they were trying to do and they're passing the torch and stuff. And, and also, you know what? It tackled some really interesting topics. But again, they solved them up so neatly. There's a character in there who's also a black man who also had to go through the super soldier serum. But rather than become a hero with fucking stars and stripes, they put him in a fucking prison. And they didn't give his letters to his wife because they wanted to run tests on the fucking guy. And it's very much a parallel to Tuskegee. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is dark, but I'm glad they're exploring it. It totally makes sense. And then at the end of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, uh, they they go, the Falcon gets this guy who's bitter and angry and rageful and furious. And he's mad at America and he doesn't want to talk about his super soldier bullshit. And then uh, he takes him to a a museum and uh, there's a statue of him and the guy cries and he's very happy. And I'm like, I got to be honest with you, man. I don't think a hunk of granite is going to keep me happy when uh, you stole my life and my wife. You literally ran fucking experiments on me. And now you put a statue up and a big glowing plaque. And I'm supposed to be like, you know what? America. Fuck. Yeah. No, dude. It just was such an easy way out. You know what I mean? They tackled they tackled really hard issues. They tackled racism. They tackled the Falcon and, and money. And there's another scene, too. I got to be honest with you. The Falcon's sister has like a boat and she's a clamor, whatever they call them. I don't know. She's a shrimp boat. She's like a gump. And, uh, and he keeps showing up at her place and she's great. And her kids are great. It's fucking great interplay with the family. But, uh, but they're broke. 
they're like running out of money. So the Falcon's like, oh, I'll, I'll get us some money. So then he goes to the bank to get a loan. And they're just like, uh, oh, man, you're the Falcon. He's like, yeah. And he goes, man, that was cool. And you saved the world three times. And the Falcon's like, yes. And they're like, yeah, sorry, we can't give you this loan. He's like, what? They're like, yeah, I can't help you. We'd love to. But, uh, you know, it's a bank of standards. And he's like, standards? I'm the fucking Falcon. I saved the world. Your bank wouldn't even exist. It wasn't for me flying around with a fucking drone. And the guy's like, yeah, anyway, can I get a photo of you for my kids? And it, and it just rings so false. Now, I will say this. If they were trying to say, like, even a hero like the Falcon can't get a break because he's black, I would get that. But I didn't get that from that scene. It didn't feel like they were rejecting him because he was black. Uh, although I guess maybe they were now that I think about it in, in hindsight. Nah, I don't think they were. I'd have to rewatch the tone of it. It was, it was just very much like, can't help you, man. And, uh, and all right, and look, let's put it this way. Even if it was because they were turning him down because he was black and I totally get it. And it's part of the storyline. And that's great. Uh, I can't remember what I felt when I watched it. Cause again, I watched this over a fucking year ago, but, uh, but watching the scene, it didn't ring true. Now this, maybe this is why I didn't pick up on the whole race angle because in my brain, I'm like, why does the, why is the Falcon going to a bank in shrimp fuck Louisiana? He was Tony Stark's fucking guy. He, he's in the Avengers. Don't, can't you make a phone call? Isn't there, isn't there some AI left over? Black Widow's at the fucking mansion eating a sandwich. Call her and go, hey, did Tony, oh, I don't know, happen to leave all of us like $30 million each because we saved the fucking world from goddamn Pixel Thanos? Uh, I, I, Tony Stark would have left money for, for all of the Avengers, right? I know they floated a flower down the river and everybody was sad and they all came to his goddamn thing. Uh, but at the same time, man, they, they just, uh, it just seems disingenuous that they would do that to him and they would not leave money for the Avengers. And I'm sure Captain America would be like, Oh, I don't need it. I'll make my own money. But guess what? Falcon needs to make it. Falcon and winter soldier, both winter soldiers doing bounty work again, for fuck's sake in that show. Uh, or whatever the fuck he was doing. Oh, and he was, he was driving around. This is funny. Literally winter soldiers driving around, apologizing to people for what he did when he was the winter soldier. Now, now he's just like, Hey man, I'm Bucky. And, uh, they're like, yeah, of course. Uh, but at the same time you killed a bunch of people. He's like, that's why I got this black book. So I can knock on their door and tell them I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, good for you. I hope this Kung Fu like existence where you wander from city to city and fucking building to building and apologize to people for putting shrapnel through the heads of their sons while they were off working in a foreign land makes you feel better. Because you know who this apology is not for anybody whose door you knock on. There is nobody in there waiting for closure. So you as where you show up and go, yeah, no, you know, I apologize. I had to assassinate like 50 guys and your kid was one of them. Anyway, take care of yourself. It turns out like the old man, he's having Chinese food every week. He killed his son and he's got to go tell him. And I guess there's supposed to be closure. But at the same time, the old man's got to be going, hey, man, doesn't bring my fucking my son back. You're you're just a jag off. You've been eating fucking Mugu Gai Pan with me for how fucking long? And now you wait to tell me you sneak, you ridiculous fucking sneak. Uh, all right. So. So. All right. Let's get to this quick. It is now 443 a.m. Now, I'm telling you this because this is not going to be a regular show. I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, I don't know if I'll even take a break. Well, I might. Uh, I might do a wrap out. I don't know. I, well, because I got to get in the shower. I got to shave. I got to do all sorts of stuff. Folks, I'm going out of town. Now, this will be a shorter show, but then I've got to come back now because, all right, I'll, let's cover this real quick. It's so stupid. Uh, I'll come back Monday and then I'll, I'll do another show. When I do that show, 
uh, I'll do the plugs and I'll talk about, uh, well, I'll just say this right now. Fearful Jesuit is a fucking amazing guy. He's got a, a fantastic show called the paranoid strain. Check it out now. Now, have I been able to listen to the most recent one? I have not. Is he mad at me about it? No, because he's a decent, kind person. But at the same time, am I furious at myself about it? Yes. Uh, but I had to, I literally <laughs> kicked the can down the road long enough to where I had to do this now. And I, I just didn't get a chance to listen. And I feel like a terrible person. Uh, so I, but I will tell you, go listen to it. It's an amazing show. It's fantastic. Uh, and I, I can't wait to listen. I'm actually going to listen to it on the plane. And, and then when I come back Monday night, I will get back late Monday and I will record a show that'll be up Tuesday morning. And I know you're like, Oh, whatever the fuck, here we go. Violins. Uh, and I'll be, and at least I'll, you know, it might be a show, it might be a short show just about the plugs. Um, but, <laughs> but I'll do it. I swear. What a dink. All right. Uh, the fuck is I talking about? Oh, the fucking eternals. I never even got to that dude, dude, the fucking eternals. So again, Marvel with their bullshit, you know, they make the WandaVision, which was great. And then, and then you make the, uh, Bucky and the winter soldier guy and, and the Falcon and you're like, uh, and then they're like, Hey, and don't forget Loki. And then they make a Loki show. And, uh, the, the third episode of Loki really, no, it was the second episode. Whenever they, whenever they are, if you watch Loki, whenever they go to the shopping mall in Louisiana, where there's a hurricane, that was fucking badass because now you're thinking, all right, here we go. Things are about to fucking pick up and it's a chase through time and fucking Loki and a hot chick Loki. And here we go. And uh, instead, it it turns into there's a whole episode like right when they get the momentum, it turns out there's a, an episode where they're on. They spend two episodes on this planet talking. And uh, and it's a lot of pondering life and a lot of, well, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? And and, and look. I guess they're trying to show us that Loki is because we're again, think of how stupid this is. They're trying to show us that Loki is human and he's learning things from his bullshit. Uh, dude, it's Loki. He's a fucking God. He doesn't have to learn a goddamn thing. He can snap his fucking fingers and blow up the moon, which quite frankly, he should have done at some point. He should have been like, Oh really? We're going to keep me down here in this prison. Snap moon gone. Take that moon rocks falling for the next fucking thousand years. Eat that choke on green cheese. You fucks. Because he's Loki and he can do that because, again, he's from Asgard and he's a goddamn genius god and he's a trickster and he's full of shit. And he's not like I don't want to see Loki have a crisis of conscience or crises of conscience, whatever he's how you pronounce it. I don't I don't need to see Loki doubt himself. The whole point is he's fucking Loki. That dude was ready to fight Thanos. He's ready to fight the Hulk. He doesn't give a shit. So so for you to go ahead and expose him as this fucking timid. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not sure. I don't need Loki doubting himself. Spider-Man doubts himself. That's fine. It makes sense. Kingpin would never doubt himself. There are just some villains who don't fucking doubt themselves. You just have to fucking defeat them. That's it. They will not give you the in. There will no be, they will not, there will not be, uh, whatever the fuck garbage shoot there was in star Wars that blew up the death star with these villains. They're just fucking amoral fucking monsters. Loki's one of them. But instead, now he's nice and he's uh, friendly and he's a, you know, he's a god that you want to tozzle his hair, even though he's still a trickster. Wink, wink. Dude, kill somebody. And another thing, he winds up on a fucking planet, Loki, and he's with Lady Loki and uh, they're trying to escape because the planet's going to explode or whatever the fuck. And so then they they pose, they, they you know, they disguise themselves as guards. Well, the, whatever, the same same cat Dennings. Asian FBI guy, three stooges bullshit where they got to sneak around and pretend to be one guy and throw their voice over here. And then they throw a pebble that makes a noise and they sneak on the train. Same shit. He's a God. 
He's a fucking god. He could literally go wham, like be, like fucking bewitched, and everybody freezes, and he goes, yeah, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Who's next? And then get on the train, because he's a god. But then he gets on the train, and he's with Lady Loki, and then I think she goes to sleep, and then he's doing magic tricks, because that's who he is, because he's a fucking goof. He's a narcissist. He wants attention. And she wakes up. She's like, what the fuck is going on? And then somebody else is like, I can't believe these weirdos are doing this. And he goes to get help, right? So then security comes to subdue Loki. And they're like, sir, you need to step away from the bar or whatever the fuck. And Loki, who is again a god, who has been in hand-to-hand combat with, with now look, the Hulk beat his ass, but still, he, he stepped to the Hulk. He steps to all these people, and he's also a guy who can like do a, a weird thing with his hand, like and turn you into a fucking lizard. Whatever he wants to do, he's a god. And uh, sure enough, Loki gets in a bar fight, just winds up fighting security guards, and uh, and one guy gets the best of him, and he pushes him away, and then they and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You could literally cast a spell while you take their guns, float them in the air, and shoot all of them in the face. Why Why are you even entertaining the thought of physical combat with humans? They're beneath you. You know this. You say it all the fucking time. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So then they make the Eternals. And again, I don't know a fucking thing about the Eternals. All right? I, I don't know who they are. And that's the problem. Because get this. There's 35 Eternals. If you're if you're going to give me Shang-Chi and his 10 rings of awesomeness, great. Then you tell me the story of Shang-Chi. I'm sure he's got a couple of buddies. And, and I learn it. I, and I'm like, all right, here's what Shang-Chi does. Good for you. But if you tell me there's a movie where I've got to learn the origin stories of 71 different characters, if you, if you tell me, literally, I have to see how their powers come together, and uh, and then I and then look, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Eternals because it has no interest for me. But I, I'm like, I even say to people, like, do I have to watch this to keep up with Marvel? They're like, eh, maybe, yes, but no. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to watch a three-hour movie about heroes where I don't know who the fuck they are. And also, like I said, there's 80 guys, 80 new people. And then I hear that one of these, and again, spoiler. I heard that Kumail Nunjani is again. The Eternals have been around forever, hence the name. So they've been around forever, right? But they still have to blend in on Earth. So Kumail Nujani, I guess this is the way, this is the story they're telling. He is, uh, he's a Bollywood star, and uh, he poses. You know, he's been a Bollywood star for like a hundred years, but he's he's they they're like wow, amazing family because he's pretending to be his grandfather as a Bollywood star, and then his father as a Bollywood star, and then himself. It's like like the generations are passing down their Bollywood stardom. And he's just the new, the newest version of it. And, and, but it's really been him the whole time because again, he's an eternal, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And what he's chosen to do is, uh, dance with fucking little superstar, I guess. I I don't know if if that's what he wants to do. Good for him. Uh, but I mean that storyline, but think of that storyline. Again, that's the same Marvel bullshit of, hey, what if Loki got in a bar fight? Hey, what if Kat Dennings clonked a guy on the head and then stole his uniform? It's just, it's just, it's lazy, man, lazy. And then in the Eternals, like they're, they're, you know, he's, and also why is he even a Bollywood star? Why, if they're the Eternals and they're fucking heroes, just give me their hero bullshit. I don't need to know that they have regular fucking jobs. It's so dumb when they do shit like that. Why do they, they wedge these things in? Like I said, j- j- fucking Spider-Man needs friends. 
or, or, you know, Loki needs to be human or no, you don't need that shit. Just fucking make them what they are. It's like when they make a, a Godzilla movie. What, what if Godzilla made a movie and, uh, and he came out of the ocean up from the depths, 30 stories high. And everybody's like, holy shit, it's fucking Godzilla. And he's like, Hey, what's going on? They're like, excuse me. He's like, yeah, no, I just wanted to check things out. You guys seem nice. Uh, man, the ocean boy, I'll tell you what, we should really talk about the fish. And then he has a conversation. Now, again, I mentioned Spider-Man's courtroom drama. That would be fine. But what if Godzilla wanted to have a talk instead of breaking shit? You'd be like, fuck that, man. And then they do dumb shit where they have like Godzilla fight against King Kong. Godzilla against King Kong is not a fight. That is not a fight. You can pretend it is. You can tell me all along that Godzilla versus King Kong is going to be, oh, look at this tough battle. It's again, a giant monkey who couldn't defeat a plumber taking on Godzilla who lives in the fucking ocean and vomits radiation. Yes, that's right. Godzilla is a 30 story lizard who, you know, again, if it's a fist fight, if it's a fist fight, God, you know, King Kong might have a reach advantage and certainly he might have a power advantage because Godzilla's got those tiny arms. He's going to dinosaur, whatever the fuck. But at the same time, Godzilla has the, has the fucking trump card. He's got an ace in the hole. And that is that he vomits radiation. So I'll tell you this, if Godzilla fought King Kong for real, for real, and I know it's so stupid to even say that goddamn statement, but if Godzilla fought King Kong for real, King Kong would have cancer in five minutes, five minutes, it's over. And, and, you know, and then King Kong falls down and then they have to put King Kong in giant hospice. And then, and then Godzilla has to visit him like in tombstone. He has to be like fucking Kurt Russell with fucking doc holiday. And he has to read to him and feed him orange slices. That's it. That's your movie. They, they square up for this big brawl and fucking Godzilla vomits radiation all over this fucking chimp and he faints, gets cancer. And then the next thing you know, uh, there's, there's our, our friend Godzilla reading to him in the hospital and feeding King Kong orange slices as they reminisce about being the only giant monsters in the world who have a relationship with one another because Rodan's not hanging out with these fucking guys. Not at all friends, but Jesus Christ, don't tell me that fucking King Kong would win or even come close because Godzilla again, vomits radiation. And also do this. If you make a Godzilla versus King Kong movie, no humans, none. I, I don't, I don't, cause that's another, I saw the Godzilla movie. I talked about this before. Uh, I saw the Godzilla movie with Brian Cranston, like the first one in the theater. And, I, and I'm just going to tell you this right now, because why not? Uh, I watched it and I didn't like the movie, but I had a great fucking time at the movie. And just I'll just tell you this because uh, my my ex at the time had my cock in her hand the entire film. And I literally I was hard for two and a half hours just looking and I'd look over at her eyes and she'd look at me and I'd look and it was a packed theater. So there was nothing we could do. But holy fuck, because that was back when things were great, Uh, except for the movie Godzilla. Uh, But Jesus Christ, I could not wait to get to the parking lot. So in that movie, like Brian Cranston's sad and his son is mean. I don't even I don't even remember soldiers are, are wary. You know, I, I just don't. There should be no humans. If it's Godzilla and King Kong, that's it. Nobody cares about your divorce when there's a lizard fighting a monkey. Don't. I don't care about your relationship with your dad when a monster has risen from the ocean to take on a giant monster that has come from the jungle. I got news for you. If there is right now, there's a lizard fighting a monkey. I don't care about your dad. I don't care about your divorce. And that's and there that's a giant lizard fighting a giant monkey. But at the same fucking time, if there was a regular sized lizard fighting a regular sized monkey, still more compelling than your relationship with your father. And I will not hear anything fucking different. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. It is 4 55 a.m. Guys, I got to go shave and shower and whatever the fuck. 
Uh, it's a short show, I know, but we'll be back on Monday. It's not really a short show. It's been a fucking hour and a half. Um, so, let, you know, I will do some plugs here. I will do just a few. But um, <laughs> first of all, uh, our great friend, Fearful Jesuit, does the Paranoid Strain podcast, which you can go ahead and grab right now in the, uh, in the wherever the best podcasts are, the iTunes store, the Apple podcast space, wherever you want to find him, does great work. Uh, he's still talking about the Freemasons right now. He is still delving deep into the world of fucking secret societies. Go ahead and check them out. I will tell you more about it on Monday when I come back and do an abbreviated short show when I get back. Uh, but go ahead and check out the paranoid strain because again, he is our great friend. We love him. He's been very kind to me and, uh, he's going to yell at me about this and I don't blame him. And I don't mean, I don't mean that in a mean way. Like he's going to yell, uh, and he, he won't even really yell, but he might be annoyed. And I, I, I'm so I owe him an apology, but still, uh, I'm looking forward to listening on the plane. Uh, the 40, well, not the 40, Jesus, the uh, paranoid strain podcast available right now, wherever you go ahead and find these fantastic podcasts. Like I said, in the iTunes store and do me a favor, leave a review in the iTunes store. Uh, talk about how much you love the show. Write him a note. You can write him a note at, uh, well, not at, hold on. The paranoid strain at gmail.com. The paranoid strain at gmail.com. That's where you can go ahead and check him out. Uh, send him a note. Tell him you love the show. And uh, and he will tell you thank you. And he's got amazing things coming up. He, I was lucky enough to be included in a project that he has coming up. And I'm excited to hear how that turns out. Uh, and I was, I was grateful that he asked me to be in it. And then, of course, I made him wait fucking three weeks for what I was going to do. And uh, this, I will just tell you this. This is completely true. Uh, I did it in one take. It's probably, it's probably like three minutes long, three or four, but I did it in one take. And I, after doing it, I was like, should I do that over again? And I was like, no, I, you know what? I kind of liked that. And then I sent it to him and he's like, it's fucking awesome. And I didn't even tell him I did it in one take, but I'm telling you guys that because I was so fucking proud of it. And also it was one of those things where it's like, oh man, he doesn't really want me to do this. Does he? Whatever the fuck, you know, my bullshit is. Uh, but then I did it and I fucking crushed it. So I was very happy. So the paranoid strain podcast available wherever the finer podcasts are sold. Thanks to KC, the guy who handles our YouTube stuff. And also our great friend, David Hernandez, David Mex Hernandez, whom, you know, you can be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Check him out. Uh, he's doing great things over there. He does amazing artwork. He'll do your artwork. It's Christmas. Do you want him to paint for you? He can go ahead and do that. Reach out to him and check out his website. His website is called artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. He's the best. Go ahead and check it out, please. That'd be fantastic. And also at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, if you become his friend, you can go and look through all of his photos and his artwork and see the cool ass stuff that he's done in the past. Uh, He's just just so fucking talented. He sings, he does artwork, and he's got a, a closed group called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. You can join the closed group and see all the cool-ass memes and stuff that he's done. But most importantly, folks, this man has a podcast. Yeah, that's right. He's tearing it fucking up right there with his The Flem Cat Podcast. That's two words, Flem Cat, P-H-L-E-G-M-C-A-T, The Flem Cat Podcast. It's available now. Uh, wherever podcasts are found or sold, you can find it and check it out. He does amazing work, really great stuff, and sings. And again, like I said, so talented. He's your Huckleberry, and uh, he tells funny stories. He's funny in addition to singing. Just just a fucking renaissance, man, as I've said many, many times before. Uh, so again, if you want to hire him to do any of the painting, you can go ahead and reach out to him for that. That would be fantastic. Listen to his podcast. Uh, all the great things. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. You can find him at any and all of those places and reach out to him because he's just waiting to hear from you. I'm in the Misfit Toys co-op. Did you know this? Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap. Doug Loves Movies with Doug Benson. The Todd Glass Show with Todd Glass. No Fun with Jen Kirkman with Jen Kirkman anxiety bites with Jen Kirkman. And then let me watch your movie with you with Jonah Ray. All of these are fantastic podcasts. Download them now and check them out. You'll love them. 
Want to hire me to do a cameo? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you do that? Go ahead and hire me for Monday. I'll be back. I'll be recording this show again, or at least part of the one with more plugs. Uh, book me for cameo. I want to thank our friend Kevin Davis who reached out to me and had me do another one for Lana T or Lana Ty. I forget her name, uh, how to pronounce it. I always do it poorly, but then Kevin reached out and was very kind and sent me uh, extra money. He didn't have to do that. And I do appreciate it very much. Thank you, Kevin, for thinking of me, uh, hire me for cameo. It's bookcameo.com or you can download the cameo app to your phone. Hold on. It is five o'clock AM and they're stirring on either side of me. Uh, there is a creature stirring. I do not think it's a mouse, although it could be. I have no idea. Cameo is great. Go ahead and check me out on there. Book me to do a thing where I'll talk about you and your aunt uh, or just your aunt. That seems weird to group with your aunt. Why is it always your aunt? I'll talk about your uncle, too. I don't give a fuck. Step it up. You got cousins. I'll take them down. <laughs> what the hell, man? I'll fucking strip everybody to the bones. I'll flay your family alive with my fucking cat of nine tails tongue. Uh, all right, come in cameo. Check me out. Patreon.com slash Mike four zero YLB. You want to become a patron to the show? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you putting out truncated shows early on a Friday morning? Uh, check me out at patreon.com slash Mike four zero YLB patreon.com slash Mike four zero YLB. And I actually, I just put up a, uh, a three hour or is it four hour, four hour podcast I did with fucking Pat Francis about meatloaf. Jesus Christ. Doesn't that make you want to fucking send me some dough? Of course it does. Uh, check me out at patreon.com slash Mike four zero YLB. I also have a piece of audio that I did on Twitch that, uh, you might hear snippets of it later in podcasts. Cause you know how it is when I talk and I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say and stuff just comes flying out. Well, I talked about a lot of topical stuff and then I was like, man, I would wish I'd have done that in the podcast. So eventually it might find its way to air, but I will tell you that I'm going to go ahead and share it right there in the, uh, in the Patreon realm. And you'll be able to check that out in the next couple of days. Uh, patreon.com slash Mike four zero YLB. And also if you go to Mike Schmidt in the upper right hand corner, there is a uh, PayPal well, there's a little button there. It's a little horn boy. You click on that and you go right to PayPal and you can send me some money like our friend Kevin did because he's the fucking best. Cameo, patreon.com, especially in this holiday season. Go ahead and hook me up. That'd be great. PayPal uh, via MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Click on the little horn boy. It'd be great. And I have a couple of channels, the YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy channel. You can check out all of the episodes of this podcast. And then is there other stuff to come? Yeah, I threaten that all the fucking times. So let's hope it happens eventually. And then Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. You can check out on there. It's basically a television network. I'm on there streaming games all the time. I'll be back on Tuesday afternoon, next Tuesday. Now that we have podcasts again, Monday, Tuesday, whatever the fuck, who cares? Uh, next Tuesday afternoon, check me out when I'm back in town. Uh, but I'll tell you this, December 23rd, Friday, or it's a Thursday, Thursday, December 23rd is the fourth annual 40 year old boy Christmas party on Twitch. Uh, and what it is, is people are very kind and they send me gifts and I unbox a lot of stuff on the air, but also I have hot chocolate and I have a Santa hat and I'm going to have some, uh, a guest or two. And, uh, and I'll be on streaming as long as people want to hang out. And I'll tell you this, there'll be booze. There might be, I might take a nip or two of booze. Uh, who knows? It's going to be fun and exciting. And we've done it the last few years. There might be a Christmas reading. There might be caroling. There could be songs. There might be games. Who knows, man, but you'll want to mark the date. It's December 23rd. That is in uh, Thursday, Thursday, December 23rd at four o'clock PM. The, uh, Twitch, the fourth annual 40 year old boy, a Christmas show on Twitch. You want to come and join me and, and all the people in the stream and people are very kind. We get a hype train rolling. It's just, it's, it is a time when people are very kind and I like that they hang out with me and they do nice things and you don't have to do nice things. Just hanging out 
is a nice thing. So I hope you'll join us uh, at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Now join us all the time, but I'm telling you the Christmas party itself will be Friday, uh, December 23rd. Cool. Nope. Thursday, Jesus Christ, Thursday, December 23rd. And, uh, and man, I'll tell, Oh, you know what? I did, I was going to talk about this. Fuck. I totally forgot about this. There was some Mario shit. I was going to repeat too. everybody. Do me a favor. Remind me of the shit I didn't mention. And I'll talk about it Monday. But I remember I was talking about nostalgia and pussy run the world. And I'm sick of it. <laughs> Even though I'm not really dude, I was watching a bunch of chopped and you're like, wow, you didn't get to listen to paranoid stream, but you watch chopped. Yes, I know. Step off my fucking cock. Um, but I watched chopped. I was watching a bunch of like, uh, I'm, str- I'm binging old chops because I can't, I didn't have TV for three years. So now I got streaming on discovery on the food network and they got all the chops. So I'm like watching season 42 or whatever the fuck. And I just, I just let them play. So whatever the next episode is, but I do skip anything with an amateur chef. Cause I hate it because then the fucking pros don't make fun of them and they don't fucking ridicule their ridiculous fucking black bean brittle. They make, you know, it's like, Oh, it's an old family recipe. What a delight. No, fuck you. Get out. Um, so I'm watching it and all of a sudden it comes on and they're like, Oh, and they they put up the chop judges and Ted Allen and then the Brady kids. And they're like, ah, these cooks don't know who they're cooking for. The Brady family is here. They're ch-. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who cares? How old is the demographic at the Food Network? Hi, that's me. That they would ever be thrilled to see fucking Marsha Brady eat somebody's applesauce. What the fuck? And I know you're thinking to yourself, why would she eat applesauce? Because she doesn't have any fucking teeth because she's 900 years old. Jesus, fuck. It's it's literally, and it's like Eve Plum, and it's the kids. It's not the the parents because they're dead, but it's the fucking kids, and they're on two separate shows, three on one show, three on another, and you're just like, who the fuck, who in their right mind is thinking, oh my God, you know what I love? The Brady Bunch. I loved it 50 years ago when it was on. And 50 years later, I have to have the opportunity to see Jan bite into a Caesar salad. Oh, fuck. Would that be the best? Oh, ho, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll t- you, th- you thought Cindy and her Katie Carriol doll were cute in 1969. Well, let me tell you this right now. Do you know what's even cuter than that? Uh, Cindy Brady with jowls in 2021 eating a pork chop. Oh boy, is that great? Why are these people coasted on this one show fucking forever? I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not for me. And maybe it was. I mean, the show was when I was a kid because it was on all the fucking time. So it's that thing where it's it occupies space in your brain that you can't fucking get rid of it. I know the dog's name. I know the AstroTurf. I know, oh, my nose. I know the volcano. I know all this shit, right? It's all part of our lexicon. But at the same time, it doesn't mean I want to watch them eat pasole. It does, and also the worst part is then the, the cooks come in and they see them and they're like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe it. Mike looking lad is here. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Holy shit. How sad. That's, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. If you're excited, if you're excited at any point now to see, to see fucking Eve Plum, then you know what? You got to get out more. And this is from a guy who never gets out. I, I truly need to get out more. And I'm telling you, you need to get out more. So take my advice. Take the next flight. Love you, cause you know why we both love.
love me How great am I Let's talk about that for a while And by a while I mean forever Podcast! Podcast!